You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN, featuring no other pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright and Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, as always, with my good buddy, Daniel Kuzer. What is going on? You look like Mr. England over there. Mr. England, bro. You know, when the U.S. are calling, you got to start, uh, <laughs> you got to start wearing the next, next best thing in the, in the tournament, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. So actually, yeah, could be an Australian situation too, by the way. They're in, That'd be fun. Who's playing good? Who plays that well without their best striker? You it's know, true. Sam Kerr is just sitting on the bench watching good things happen. She's like, I'll just go home. Well, <laughs> uh, they must not be distracted by being too woke. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. The U.S. just blew it because they want equality and stuff. You know, that's uh, true. By the way, if you want equality, you're you're a loser. <laughs> that's what it's and unpatriotic. That's what it is. Alexi yeah. Lawless, who, by the way, is the epitome of a genius, uh, knows everything. So he, he's been putting some stuff out of the Twitter sphere. Old man yells at clouds, so to speak. Well, he also said that he thinks that MLS should intentionally have bad defending because more people want to see goals, and that comes from him as a former defender. So, you know, Look, let's, I don't take anything he says seriously. We can dabble about this uh, this messy script that the MLS writers have been writing up. Cause it, <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, all the writers are on strike from you know the, these are not being clauses. So, that, well, it, they might be that that they need a little side money because I don't think MLS is part of the uh, you know the producers. That's deal. true. So, MLS got some scabs to write something crazy. They're all coming to make some side hustle money by writing these messy scripts. Look, just a, sw- a quick side note. <laughs> I, I, I was like, let's see uh, how Dallas and Miami are doing, right? And I'm like, okay, it was, uh, it was like two to one or something. I can't remember. Dallas was winning. I was like, that's cool. And then I think uh, Miami tied it briefly after I turned it on. And then I think I was just reading an article, and I look up, and like more goals have happened. Like we're talking own goals and free kicks, and it was great. Well, there was a wild series. I did have this on my list to talk about at the end, but there was a wild series where I think it was two zero Dallas. I want to say, uh, no, Messi scored first because he scored this. Dallas end. blow a two goal lead. Twice. They did. Messi scored first. It was it was one zero in the sixth zero. minute. Then they got up to three one. Three one. And Dallas. there was a ter- you know it, it was just a disaster. And then. Um, and uh, he got it back to three two, and moments later, there's an own goal and four two, four two, and you're like, this this is terrible. And then should have been over, should have been over at four two. They had a three one and a four two lead, and then uh, you know Miami pulls one back, and then because it's written like a Hollywood script, Messi set up with a free kick just outside the box on his left foot in the 86th minute, and literally the. Uh, I'm messaging one of my friends who's a, a Houston fan because if they win, they they play, you know, uh, Miami next after this. And I mess I'm messaging him, and he's like, "There's no way, there's no way." As he's setting it up, and then Messi hits it, and and the only reply I get, he just goes, "Shut the fuck up," because it was just like this can't happen again. 
And then it's penalties. And it's like, okay, Dallas, well, finish them in penalties. It almost happened again because then they fouled Miami outside the box in like the 93rd minute. But it was like five yards farther, six yards farther. It was, it was a little bit. I was like, okay, if he if he hits this one, the ball's a drone. It's remote controlled and somebody's <laughs> flying it directly <laughs> into the corner because this can't happen. And he actually oh, hit that one right into the wall. But dude, I, I don't, uh, yeah, it's just a wild time. I went to bed. I didn't see the ending of it, but I woke up. I went, no, I went to bed when it was four to two. Yeah. And I, I, I wake up and see that it gets one in penalties. Yeah. By Miami. And I'm like, dude, everyone's a Miami fan right now. And I need that. I need them to be stopped. They can't win League's Cup. That can't it's, happen. It's so frustrating. Brittany was downstairs when I was watching it a little bit, and she's like, do you actually care about what happens in this game? I was like, I just want to see if yes, Messi no. does something crazy. I was like, because he's just like, I, it doesn't make sense. At this point, it was 3-1. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious. And, and she saw, right, she saw the goal that made it 3-2, and then she saw the own goal. And it's funny, we had just been talking about our, our plumbing issues, issues, and she was like, well, at least you're not that guy who just caused you know, the own goal and probably, you know, might've cost himself a career. And I was like, you know, it's true. And then she left when it was four two, and she came back downstairs like an hour later and she was like, so what happened? And I was like, Miami won. And she stopped and turned around and she was like, wait, what? And she didn't even care. But she was like, how? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. She has no stake in that game. No. And she, this man doesn't know how to lose in American soccer. And I just need him to have a taste. He even goes to hundred degree Dallas and and wins. My favorite thing, though, about the free kick that tied it in the 85th minute, they're setting up the wall. You can see the fear in the goalkeeper's eyes. This man, Jesus Ferreira, he's looking at Lionel Messi lining up for a free kick on his left foot just outside the box, and what does Jesus Ferreira think he's going to do to, to help? He goes, don't worry, guys, I'll lay down in case he decides to try to kick it just on the ground, like, you know, in case he tries to go under the wall because it's not like he's the best, you know, free kick taker in the history of the world and it's going to curl it perfectly above I'll lay down here on my back just in case. And he just looks like an idiot as he's laying there and Messi just perfectly curls it right over the wall. And Jesus just looks like he's napping on the field. Dude, if you if you have a quick answer for this, let me know because it's it's been boggling me. But uh, uh, don't do any research or anything. If you don't know, it's whatever. But I assume that Messi, that he, when he matches up against goalkeepers, the goalkeepers are like kind of shaken a little bit. Like, yeah. which way am I going to go? What movie was that? When the guy, the good player, I can't remember what sport it was, but he's like, there's my guy. And it was like the guy was kind of shaking in his in his uniform, his boots oh, or whatever. Dang God dang it. I, I can see kind of what you're talking about, but yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it wasn't Waterboy, The Replacements maybe. I can't remember. Um, Someone will tell us. Was it The Longest Yard? I don't know. Oh, it might have been The Longest Yard. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, but it is funny because I was actually wondering, as Messi steps up to take the first penalty kick, I'm like, you know, um, what is this goalkeeper thinking? And he's like clapping and like trying to distract Messi and Messi's just standing there with his hips, handling his hips. And, you know, then he steps up and, and he nails it. But what was funny is he didn't try any shenanigans with, with Messi, but he was with Busquets because Busquets takes steps up to take the second penalty. And for whatever reason, the keeper's just pointing to his right over and over. Like he's trying to tell Busquets, go that way, go that way, go that way, go that way. And I think Busquets even did go that way and still made it. And he just walks up and just shakes the guy's hand and then walks away. He shook like, the keeper's hand? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, God damn. <laughs> I would do that, too. You're not going to psych me out. You want me to go that way? Okay, I'm going to laser it over there, and I'm going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way because that's very recent in our minds here. Uh, I mean, it. Miami's it a different story. That Miami is going to go. They're going to host the next round. Yeah. So, do they? Yeah. I, I do wonder if. Uh, I do wonder if he'll be around when Sporting plays him uh, in September, in Miami, in September, and and if not, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll just stay back, and maybe Casey Current will be in the Challenge Cup Finals because that's the same day. So that's true. Pretty wild time. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, but hey, I mean, it feels like in some ways he's ruining Major League Soccer because all of those <laughs> you know times where we try to defend the league and we're like it's not that bad, it's fine, like it should, it's getting better, or not, and then Messi comes in and and he's torching us. He's averaging like two and a half goals a game. He's made, dude. Do you know? I mean, all due respect, can you imagine what he's gonna do if our back line doesn't get the shit together? It's gonna be awful. It's gonna be so scary. Pontas and Rosero. I mean, Rosero's scoring goals as it is for the wrong team. Granted, oh my god, but uh, just excellent headers. Poor Jake Davis is going to be trying to, you know, defend Jordi Alba from overlapping runs, and then Messi's going to be there, and Sergio Busquets is pulling people apart in the midfield. It's just, it's going to be it's so frustrating because Miami did nothing to deserve this. Miami has been the worst team this year. <laughs> they have been so bad, and they probably could make a hell of a run to get into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's possible because if you look at, I mean, you look at the MLS schedules, right? And and you're like, okay, well, Sporting has what? Eight games, nine games left, something like that. You know, they've played yeah. more than, than most people, but um, they've played 26 games. So they got eight games left, I'm pretty sure. How far out of the playoffs are we? We're only like three points or some shit. Uh, oh. Let's see. We uh, I'm sorry, we've played 25 games. So we have nine games left. Um, you, you want to know who's played the least amount of games in the entire league? Who's that? Uh, it's a tie, but one of them is Inter Miami, which is weird because it's not like they've been in other tournaments. It's almost like the league knew there was a pretty decent chance that Lionel Messi and friends might be coming late in the summer <laughs> and saved as many games as possible for after the transfer window and after the league's cups, so they could have as much time with Messi to make a playoff run as possible. You're a conspiracy theorist now, my friend, but there might be something to that. I mean, uh, we we are three points out of playoffs, but we've also played three more games than a couple teams. So, yeah, uh, twenty five games played, and uh, we are the only team in the Western Conference to so played twenty five games. Um, in fact, I think we're the only team in the entire league to have played twenty five yeah. games. So, it's not the best. Well, that's what we're looking forward to now, because our League's Cup journey's over. It is, and we're gonna we're gonna break down this Toluca revenge game. They they had revenge on their mind, man, and they served it up. They yeah, they definitely had revenge on their mind. Um, before we do that, I do want to uh, remind people to make sure you leave that five star rating and review if you have not yet done so. We would very much appreciate it. Um, go on there, leave your review, and and we'll go ahead and read those on air if you can. Um, or you can shoot us an email if you don't have, don't want to leave the review. No other pod at gmail.com. We read those as well. Um, but yeah. This was a game um, that I think we were all looking forward to. So uh, there's plenty to talk about. We're going to break it all down. But first, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's good, everybody? It is Ben Heisler from Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And if you are ready... To go the distance and improve your golf game like I am in the process of doing, I want you to head on over to PXG right here in Kansas City 
and take the PXG Gen 6 Driver Challenge. They are confident in the Gen 6 that they're putting their money where their mouth is. If their Gen 6 driver does not deliver more distance, more carry and roll, higher dispersion compared to your current driver when you go in for a fitting, they got you covered with a $100 MasterCard reward card. That's it. Go in for a driver fitting. See if your driver is up to their driver. And if it is, you get a $100 MasterCard reward card in the process. This is an unbelievable opportunity to upgrade your game with a custom fit PXG fitting. I've had it at the Kansas City store with Alex. It was one of the great experiences I've had in a golf fitting period. So take the PXG Gen 6 driver all throughout the month of August and get ready to hit those fairways with confidence. So visit your local Kansas City store or head on over to pxg.com for all the terms and conditions. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. I was literally reading Vermees quotes over here. Uh, he had some juicy ones. We need to put this game aside and focus on the league again. Like you have a choice. Like that's that's all we, all we have here, buddy. Thanks, Peter. Uh, also, I, I want to start off by saying, before we break into this game, uh, I had a ball. Like I had a blast at this game. We got murdered four to one. Yeah. And I had so much fun, dude, because Toluca was pretty good. And what did we say before this game? Well, they're they're scoring four goals on everybody. I bet they come do it against us. There you have it. We said that, you know, this was probably going to be a high-scoring game, and, you know, this wasn't going to be like a 1-0 game, 2-0 game. This was going to be, if Sporting were going to win this, it was going to be like 3-2 or 3-3 in penalties, probably something like that. It was going to be, you know, take a number of goals. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Toluca had been averaging four goals a game going into this game, and it's easy to see why. I mean, their striker, Pedro Raul, looks like a damn giant running around all over the field because this dude is six foot four, but doesn't move like he's six foot four. He was yeah. fluid and he had pace and he had technical ability. And I was like, he this scored one, right? He did score one. Okay. And I was like, this doesn't really seem he was like, he was pointing to the crest stuff <laughs> afterwards. Um, it was slow, man. There was yeah. a lot less people there, there was. than against the Chivas game. Uh, which I was surprised by. I was like, man, but then again, I wasn't because this game wasn't on the schedule. You just played on Monday. Now you're like, hey, we're going to play again on Friday in four days. So yeah. you in? They had it well, and, and Toluca doesn't have the same international fan base that Chivas has. True. The, the, the other people, though, scattered, I saw. They they showed up, um, They were and they were loud. When, when yeah. I first got to the stadium, it was about the same time I got to the stadium uh, for the Chivas game uh, relative to when the, the first kick was. And it was pretty clear that this was not going to be another Chivas situation. Because when I got there on Monday for the Chivas game, as I mentioned, the entire area was a flood of Chivas fans. Right. Toluca, it was not that way. You saw Toluca fans, but it, it was very clearly like, oh, this is going to be... It, it felt more typical to to a road team. Now, it was definitely more than a regular road team, that's for sure. But sure. you get into the stadium, and, and there was a smattering of, of Toluca fans throughout the South Stand. They didn't have an official corner i don't think like chivas did probably just because there wasn't enough time to arrange that but there were toluca fans throughout the stadium i think i actually saw a few uh chivas jerseys as well at the toluca game hmm. um and i kind of wondered like oh i bet they grabbed some fans who came to the chivas game and had a great time yeah and was like this was a neat environment maybe i'll come again on friday again and see another league mx team um so that, that's kind of neat. I bet they probably grabbed 
some new fans here and there. Sporting did. I hope so. Um, it, it was interesting because, you know, even with Chivas, I talked to a couple people who they were like, you know, whether themselves or a, a spouse or partner of theirs were like, yeah, normally they're they're a sporting fan, but like they're from Mexico and this is the team they grew up rooting for with their family. So they don't often get to root for Chivas. So tonight they're a yeah. Chivas fan or whatever. So, you know, I, I think there, there probably was some similarity there with Toluca fans where they're like, yeah, if they're playing anybody but Toluca, I'm going to be a sporting fan, but this is my hometown team. So I'm going to, I'm going to root for them. But it, it looked, um, this game was interesting because once again, there was no Alan Polito. He was suspended for his second game because of the the red card, the headbutt. Um, it was uh, pretty much the the same eleven that came out uh, against Chivas, um, and for the first I don't know twenty twenty five minutes, it looked relatively even. There were two early calls where I thought Gadi Kinda had very legitimate shouts for penalties. And he got waved off both times, and VAR didn't even take a look, as far as I'm aware. Was he also um, was he also diving a few times because the the ref called called him on a few and was like, "Get the hell up!" Well, the ref was saying that. I at one point did tweet out. I was like, "I'm not being hyperbolic, and I'm not saying this because I'm a sporting fan, but this might be the all time worst refereeing performance I've ever seen in my life because I have never seen." And again, not to put on a tinfoil hat. But the referee was from Liga Emekis. Yeah. And it felt like it took him 61 minutes to issue a yellow card to Toluca. And he did not issue a yellow card to Toluca even then for a foul that occurred on the field. He issued one for delaying the restart of the game and for dissent. So I don't even know. And I think those are the only two yellow cards that actually got issued against Toluca in the entire game. He did not a single time give a yellow card for any foul that occurred on the field. No, but the delay in the game, finally, because they kept <laughs> doing that. They kept yeah. getting in front of a stopped ball, which we were about to play it fast, and I'm like, just kick it at him. Kick it at the guy. Make sure the ref's watching you. And that guy, they would have had a yellow on that person in like the fifth minute. Because that was the game they were playing, dude. And Peter, well, yeah, ideally. But Peter said that in the last press conference. He's like, these... Mexican teams have what we Americans don't really have, and that's street smarts. That's the ability to know to walk to get a ball, to delay a restart here and there, to you know roll a ball to the keeper or something. Like we don't do that here, uh, and to be able to watch what the referee is doing and and probably figure out, you know what, he's not actually calling it by the book. I can probably get away with a little more. Exactly. It sucks, dude. It sucks because that takes the integrity of an athlete away. And it's like, you know what? You now have to, as an American club, you have to get on the level of these guys and their shenanigans and their freaking tomfoolery, dude. You need to join them or you will lose the match. There was a lot of time wasting. There was a time where I think it was in the second half. It was kind of over toward where you normally sit um, on that half of the field. It was a little bit more toward uh, the, the east stand, but some guys supposedly got fouled and he got up and walked around for a couple seconds and then we're about to restart the game and all of a sudden he just like falls down again like he got shot in the leg. And I was like, what is happening? The stretcher <laughs> comes out and then he's like, nah, I don't need the stretcher. And he's back up running around. And I'm like, what in the ever-loving hell? I didn't understand it, dude. People looked like they were dying. And then they got up and they're like, coming back on to play a sport. 
Dude, you were just rolling 17 times on the ground. Yeah. I don't understand that. There are rules. I, I I don't remember the specifics. I want to say in MLS Next Pro even, they're, they're testing rules about if you get treatment, then having to stay off a certain period of time or like you can't just necessarily come back immediately onto the field. I forget the that specifics of it. I think there are going to be specifics, but now it, right now it's like that, but it's subjective. The referee just calls for them to come back on. Sure, and, and more often than not. Coming. Yeah, more often than not, even now, like they could be done getting treatment for seven minutes and they'll be and off all for 20 seconds. And exactly. Okay, come back on. It's not the same. But I think that that's where MLS Next Pro is that testing environment, dude. Yeah. They can try these different rules and maybe implement them into MLS. And that's definitely one that I think should be implemented. You want to be on the ground rolling around for five minutes? Then you go sit out for five minutes. And now you're down a man. Right. So I love it. I, I don't hate it. I've always long been a proponent of that because it'll eliminate time wasting. Sure. It sucks you, you know, get a legitimate you go, injury, but Right. If you have to get off the field, you're not going to do all of that. You're not going to roll around grabbing the ankle that didn't even get hit. Like, bro, they would show replays of stuff and no one was getting touched. Right. I would say if you get injured, like under under a new rule, you, you roll around. If you're going to stay in the game, then you got to sit out as long as you were getting treatment on the yeah. playing field. So either get off the playing field and receive your treatment so you can come back in quicker. Or if you're rolling around for three minutes, you got to stay off for three minutes. The only exception I would say is if you get injured and you're on the playing field getting treatment, if you're then subbed off, like, okay, there's a legitimate thing here. We have to sub you off. Sure. At the next window, you can sub the guy on. I'm okay with that even. But at that, at that point, they're having to, to say this person is injured enough to come out of the game and I'm choosing to remove them. Well, let so. me ask you this. Why is this a man thing? Women don't do this. They do not. Go go watch Casey Current, man. People are getting fouled. They're like, ah, damn, that hurt. And they get up and they run. Yeah. These men, these grown men get fouled and they're like, oh, I think I might die. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. I mean, I think... Like, it's probably an unfair double standard because if women were to roll around and there's already an uphill battle in this country a lot with soccer and there's already sort of this like reputation of ah they just roll around fake injuries they're not real athletes or or not even not real athletes they're not tough Uh, if you're a woman it's like wow dramatic woman i right so they're fighting an extra layer that they like they get injured they get studs up to the calf and like blood's coming out and they're like no i'm fine i want to keep blood yeah dude they're like, yeah, I'll rub some dirt in it. <laughs> but I don't know. It's um, I was a, a little nervous with the lineup that came out because I didn't necessarily. Unchanged. Huh? Unchanged, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if we can catch lightning in a bottle twice this way because no, I like the rotation that we had. Um, I liked that Johnny got his free shot off. But the game against Chivas required the defense to have arguably their best game of the season. It was their best. Hall order for two games in a row, four days apart, with the most explosive offense in the tournament coming in the town. Look, our center backs, maybe just one center back, had arguably his worst game of the season. Uh, Rosero was having a bad night of it, bro. Yeah. It, it, from scoring goals on himself to people going around him. Like, it was, the dude was rough. He It's like, is he going to get out of this fuck? Nope, he's going to keep making mistakes. Wonderful. Well, and and so the first goal happened in, what, 28th minute, 29th minute? And that one was a little bit controversial because 
was it Eric Tommy who had just been fouled? Uh, he had been like pulled down from behind on a breakaway, and sure enough, no foul. He 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 had, he had been just basically bowled over from behind. Right. No no foul called. Everybody in the entire stadium's looking, and the, and the, and the referee is going like this. He's like shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. And you know what this means in other cultures, by the way. This is literally a slur. <laughs> it was so, a meme. Well, I mean, they they do this sometimes. Says like they put their two hands up and they hit their pinkies together, where it's trying to that's say like mean shoulder, 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 bro. shoulder. He ought to go. He, he's got to do like a shoulder dance, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, so he's saying that, and and it was not. He, Tommy got cleared out from behind, but that led to this turn on the counter, essentially, where Toluca just systematically went down the field, played it out wide to the right. A cross goes in, and if you look at this cross, yeah, there's a runner toward the back post, so there needed to be a clearance there. I think it was the tall guy, Pedro Raul, who was going to be there. But Danny Rosero, I'm not really sure what his plan was here. He's Superman dove back toward the goal, which you're trained as a defender not to really do unless you have literally no other option, and I'm not sure that was the case here. And it was like, it was a perfect header. Just it was so good, <laughs> so good, bro. I listen. I scored an own goal before, and it would have been amazing if it was on the other side. Like that, that accidental shit always looks awesome. It's not cool. And you know, Rosero also at some point in the game goes to just kick a ball out to his winger, and uh, he just whips it. Yeah, he just whips the ball. We are professional athletes, folks, and we are do we are blasting headers into our own net. Um, Side note, we did not lose this game because of John Polskamp. No. That man decided to have himself a night. Yes. And we applauded him. Peter said as such. Peter's like, John was not the problem. Right. <laughs> I, well, because I looked all night. I'm just watching all angles of this replay, and it gets worse with every angle you see of Danny. Not Mazzetta. good. I, just, I do not know what's going on there. Um, I asked Peter about Polskamp in the post game because I, I said at one point, and I think a lot of people were thinking, this might be like one of John's better games of the year, actually, despite the fact that four goals were let in because he was making one-on-one kick saves. He was making last-ditch efforts. There easily could have been another three or four goals in this game were it not for the individual efforts of John Polskamp. And he was getting let out to left out to dry all night by his back line. Not cool. Not fair. Uh, it, it's like, you guys owe me dinner because of all the shit I had to go through tonight. Like, that's messed up. Rosero by the scotch Fontas by the dinner like this is messed up dudes he um you know one of the things that I've thought about Kendall McIntosh in, in the MLS run of play that he's had leading up to this is Kendall's fine but he doesn't he he more often than not makes the saves you expect him to make sometimes he makes him a look a little more difficult than he should or he doesn't catch it when I think he should he'll he'll spill it but more often than not Kendall makes the saves you expect him to save he doesn't often make the saves that you hope he can make or that are a little bit more difficult, but that really, truly good keepers make. John, in this game, had, I felt like, three or four of them where I was like, damn, that's like starting keeper quality level save where if the back line was any sort of competent and there was any sort of attacking threat, you could almost point to that performance and be that was a point-winning performance by John Polskamp. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, 100%. So... I do feel bad for him, but uh, yeah, I mean, 29th minute, they uh, they get that goal, and then where I knew kind of the wheels fell off was two minutes later, again, on the counter, 
and there's just, you know, Leibold kind of lets his man go by, Rosero kind of lets his man go by, and suddenly there's a wide open cross in the middle of the field. And um, yeah, that's kind of that. And there's not much that he, Pulse Camp can do again because this is just an easy, you know, tap in goal by Pedro Raul, the 6 4 striker who. Peter said he thought he was offside, and I think the only excuse you can give to Rosero was he was trying to hold him on, but I don't give Rosero the benefit of the doubt much anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, dude, sometimes Rosero is a monster defender. Like, just so good. And you're like, wow, I'm really glad we have him. And he shows this brilliant quality, and then just does the dumbest of things. Yeah. When he whiffed that ball, I don't know why that hurt me so much. I was like, but you got to be kidding me. <laughs> We're trying to, you know, you're trying to swing the ball out wide, and he just goes, Zoop. you know, someone someone really loosened it out from underneath him. It, it's frustrating. And our back line has been a topic of conversation between you and me and other supporters mm-hmm. for years now. And the inconsistency, yeah. man, it's it's rough. Yeah. We're hurting ourselves. We are, and, and it sucks. Um you know, at the end of the first half, there was a play where it looked like Fontas scored a goal, and, and if we would have pulled one back and it was 2-1 yeah, on at the half, imagine. it would have been great. Um, Kyrie Shelton ended up being called offside, even though there are like three or four sporting players who are all offside at the same time because Felipe fired one from distance that really nobody expected. Um, but what's interesting is, so the way Peter positioned Toluca's second goal versus this one is he was like, if Kyrie was offside, I don't know why they didn't call Toluca's second goal offside. And for me, I'm looking at Kyrie is like definitively in an offside position when Felipe fires that shot. Mm. Pedro Raul, I, Sporting's field doesn't have like stark lines that some other fields do, so it's a little hard to tell. And we didn't have a shot down the line. It was very, very close. Mm. I don't think it was as obvious as Kyrie's was, so I don't think that's quite a fair comparison between Peter, but it sucked. It almost was 2-1 going into half. I would have felt a lot better, and it ends 2-0 at the half. You mentioned Felipe's name, and that sparked a little joy in my body. Are we happy he's back? Because that man is very entertaining right now. He is. He's good. I missed watching him play, and it's, it's fun. Great. He's taking these shots from outside the box, which I'm like, not a bad shot. He's weaving in and out of people with the ball for like 70 minutes now. Like, that's yeah. scary. I just, I I got to the half and my thoughts were, okay, SKC is down 2-0. This sucks. But it, but I, I thought at the half it felt harsh because truly I thought the refereeing was, was terrible. Now, that doesn't excuse Danny Rosero just supermaning the ball into his own goal. And it doesn't excuse lazy defending, but there were two legitimate penalty shouts for Gotti Keenan in the first half that I've seen multiple angles of both of them and thought they were both actual legitimate penalties that he drew. Um, and before even Rosero's own goal, there should have been a foul that Eric Tommy earned in the midfield. So to me, 2-0 felt harsh, even though I felt like after the first goal, the wheels kind of just fell off for sporting. But, it felt bad. I, I was like, man, if we can get one back sometime soon here, all will be all will be changed. But if they go up three nil, it's going to get tough. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was not feeling great at this moment. Um, we're going to talk second half, but first we're going to take one more break, and we'll be right back. 
Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, yo, yo. We were ready to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're good that time. <laughs> you got it. Um, listen, man, I I keep going back to this. Toluca, it, it, these games matter right now. This wasn't just a friendly, right? This was right. a competition. Right. And to even just be there, to see a team that you may not see again or for a very long time, mm-hmm. uh, it just, it felt cool. Um, yeah. That, that, I think that's how the Miami game is going to feel this year, since we have yeah. in Miami the entirety of the time they've been in the league. Yeah. Um, but but uh, second half, we're down 2-0, right? Yeah. I, I do think that's actually a good point, and I hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it right here. I was like, why am I, I – I surprised myself by – we talked about this a little bit after the Chivas game. I surprised myself by how much I seemingly was enjoying League's Cup. Sure. And I do think a part of it probably is, wow, we get to play teams in games that technically matter, even if they're not for MLS regular season or whatnot, that we don't get to play ever, really. Like, yeah, we played Toluca in 2019 in the CONCACAF Champions League, but this is not a regular thing. Whereas in the U.S. Open Cup, and this has been a talking point about the U.S. Open Cup for years, there's a fatigue to it because it's like, oh, now we get to play Minnesota again. And if we beat Minnesota probably going to play Houston yeah and it's like we play the same and I get especially for the USL teams or NASL teams or whatever that playing a geographic geographically closer team makes more sense but for the MLS 
it just it, it loses its luster. And yeah, so fix it. there is a part of me that's, that's excited for Leagues Cup going forward, being like, maybe we will play Pachuca. Maybe we will play Leon. Maybe we will play Tigres or Monterey again and try to get some revenge. That Like these teams that are quality teams that we never get to see here, there is something cool about seeing them play in a meaningful game. Look, Toluca is one of the hottest teams in this league, remaining in League's Cup right now. Yeah. Um, them and Miami, probably. Like, they're right up there with putting goals on people. Uh, dude, no one else is averaging four goals a game, though. Yeah. Toluca is scoring precisely four goals per game. Yeah, they are. And they did it again here. I mean, they didn't do it in the 49th, 46th minute, as, you know, teams have been known to do against Sporting Kansas City. But yeah. it didn't didn't take very long. It was the 54th minute, and Toluca, again, poor coverage by the back line. Uh, they make a run, and then Leibold lets his guy go. There's a free cross across the middle of the box, and now it's 3-0 Toluca in the 54th minute of the game. Again, way too easy, way too much space, and really nothing that Pulse Camp can do. It just... Dude, they got in behind us way too easily. They're over-the-top balls. They're through balls. They had no problem speeding behind us. I was like, dang. Not at all. No They're one's off- really done that to us. Their off-ball movement was so good, and they picked their spots. Yeah. And they and they knew exactly uh, when to cut and when to make the pass. Uh, they, they pretty much systematically picked apart the defense, or as they did in the 63rd minute, they caught the defense simply just napping. And I don't really know what Leibold was doing, just not paying attention. And suddenly their winger... Uh, Dominguez makes a run, perfect ball over the top. It's one-on-one with him and Pulse Camp, and for all of the one-on-one heroics Pulse Camp had all night, he couldn't do it one more time, and, and I don't blame him. Dominguez taps around him. It's it's 4-0, and Peter specifically called that goal out in postgame because he was not happy. Definitely not. Uh, couple couple big highlights, though, for us as a team. Caden Pierre got out there. Kid and Pierre did get out there. First time since uh, March where he played like six minutes against Dallas and tore his yeah. hamstring. I was so excited. I, I didn't see the sub happen. So I was just watching the game and I go, oh shit, Caden Pierre's out there. <laughs> like it just surprised me. I, I got a last minute surprise. Uh, Willie Agata getting out Willie there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his first his first uh, attempt on goal, by the Ooh. way, was a shot. And then he gets his own rebound off the crossbar and tries to head it. And it doesn't go in. But then later, there, the attempt. later he does a header and then gets up real fast and shoots it with his leg. Yeah. And that's like, what he got his goal. Man, that was amazing. It was amazing. I was so excited for him. Yeah. Uh, except in that moment, he can't really uh, celebrate because yeah. you're down 4-1. So yeah. you'd be kind of an asshole. <laughs> he did. He he got down on you know his knees and kind of did his, his thank you. Yeah. Um, pointed to the sky. Um, you know, he he said after the game, I was so excited because I missed those moments. I just don't know what to do other than say thanks to God. Um, we just need to pick our heads up for the next game. The League's Cup games are so, or the league games are so important for us. We need to win these games so we can make the playoffs. So clearly he was excited to to get back in and score. The start of the season, Willie Agata did not look great. He looked yeah. like he had regressed quite a bit. From the end of last, this he provided a spark here at this last minute. Whatever minutes we saw from Willie Agata, which it wasn't an extended run, like 20, 15, was well, something like that. Yeah, 
he looked a lot more like 2022 Willie Agata than he did early 2023 Willie Agata. He came in at the 71st minute. Yes, so 19 minutes minute. and change. Um, but the way he was using his body, like on the first uh, attempt, like you said, the way he shielded the defender off and made his own space, and then he turns and fires one that was it six inches lower, that's a goal. And and it was yeah. the type of goal he would score in 2022. So I know, man. Hey, how about that? Uh, we didn't talk about that earlier in the game when uh, Kyrie Shelton was accosted. <laughs> Dude, he wasn't going down. So they were like yeah. two little guys on it, like, <laughs> like taking him for a ride. Yeah. And I'm like, are we calling anything? No. And it took forever for the ref to even call anything. It was it was messed up. Yeah. There was a little scuffle. Danny Rosero got over there. Uh, uh, Johnny Russell didn't. That's how I knew it wasn't all that serious. When it's serious, <laughs> Johnny Russell did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It uh, it, it that was probably more entertaining than SummerSlam was this weekend because I heard that that wasn't great. But wasn't it great? I just heard it wasn't the most yeah. entertaining. Well, I don't know. I've talked to a couple people. They said it was disappointing. It was very entertaining. Oh, okay. It was the most oh. watched SummerSlam in the history of SummerSlam. Okay. Well, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard that it was just it was me. It was their gripes. That's all they said. It wasn't fun. It, they, they, I think I heard like C plus B minus in terms of actual matches, but in terms of like advancing storylines or whatnot, like it didn't do much. No, I don't know. I had a good time. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. This game, it ends 4-1. Um, and that's that. League's Cup is done. Uh, yeah, we're sporting Kansas City. Now there's three weeks off before we come back and we host San Jose on August 26th. Uh, I imagine the team's going to get a little bit of a break before they come back and um, have some training. And there's certainly going to be some things to work on because I mentioned Peter Vermees specifically called out that uh, that fourth goal for Toluca. Um, and, you know, he had previously after, you know, games right before Lee Step started, talked quite a bit about mental errors and giving up cheap goals, especially defensively. Um, and then he said after the Chivas game that that was probably the best game they played all year. And, you know, for tonight, or excuse me, for uh, uh, Friday night when they played uh, Toluca, I asked him, I was like, was this a regression back to before Chivas? And he goes, uh, there was some fatigued mental errors tonight. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. We got tired, and we just didn't want to make the runs, and that can't happen. The ball that went over the top uh, and the guy that went on the breakaway, we have to easily see that situation. It was way too easy. We will for sure in the next couple of weeks talk and work on that stuff. No, not even work on it. We will get it corrected for sure. Bro, put that on a T-shirt. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. <laughs> no other pod. Put it on there. Okay. Hey, I, we could. Peter doesn't yeah, quote the right. Support. We could put anything on a shirt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he clearly was not happy. Um, but I also get, I, you know, that quote got out there, and I understand some fan reaction to it being like, "We've heard some version of this for a lot of the season," sure. and that's not untrue. Uh, the, we'll work on it. We'll get it corrected, and then at a certain point you have to just kind of think, well, maybe it's just the players aren't up to it. Maybe it's just not, this isn't the the, the defensive line that we need to actually compete for championships. I, I, I just love how everyone else took advantage of the uh, 
transfer window and we had no uh space we had no money yeah. we could not go was our one addition but that was it but that didn't make like a big splash because it was like i don't know it was like dating an old girlfriend <laughs> it's like it's nothing new like we know how how she kisses you know yeah so it's we know i mean they smooches <laughs> uh it sucks because now we have to watch the Lionel messi's and the lafc's or whoever go on and eventually win league's cup and i'm on toluca's team right now man i hope they make a good run i really do so let me ask you this philosophically if a team beats you like this, like Toluca, do you then try to cheer for them? Because if you lose to the eventual winners, it, it looks better for you, right? Like, oh, yeah, we got destroyed by I mean, them, but they won the whole thing. So Okay, it depends. Is KU getting beat by Missouri? I'm not going to go oh. root for Missouri. You know, it's, right. But I, I, I would root. I don't have hatred against K-State. If K-State was going far in the tournament, I'd be like, you know, go Kansas team, right? Sure. But uh, That's interesting because I know a lot of KU people who really don't like K-State. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I, I'm not really there. I'm like, I'm. Whatever. I think I, mean, I have. I know more K State people who hate KU even more. Yeah, but I have a lot of friends that are K Staters, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not trying to ruin friendships here. And it but probably, as as, well, it probably pisses them off more that you're just like, oh, you're fine. Yeah, they're like, fight with me, fight with me. I'm like, I'm good. You're like silly little brother. It's a bas- It's a it's a recess game. You know, it's it's basketball. Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> but I feel that uh, Toluca is exciting. They are in a different country that they're not used to playing in. Um, I I think every Mexican team is the Cinderella team because they're constantly on the road. They I mean, they are true. playing at home. So yeah. go Mexican teams is where I'm at. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um and and there are some good games that are that are still left. We're going to have uh tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday night on Fox Sports 1 9 p.m. Central Time. This is a great game to watch if you're at all still interested in League's Cup. Tigres Monterey Oh, that's going to be a hell of a game between two very good that. Mexican teams. I hate that one of them has to go home. I would have loved to see them both against MLS teams. Yeah, because uh, also tomorrow night we have LAFC and RSL. whoop de doo That's uh, uh, bring back the raccoon. <laughs> yeah, raccoon's cracking me up. That was wild, by the way. That, uh, it, for those that don't know, a raccoon came through the roof of <laughs> RSL Stadium. It just fell in the press box. So uh, sad, dude. The social team handled it amazingly. Sure, but it must have been so scared from like an oh, Android sure standpoint. I'm just like, poor guy. It likes trying to get the popcorn machine. It's like, I don't know where to go. Just to hide, man. Everyone's chasing me. I'm probably going to lose my life. That's what I'd be thinking. I hope not, but yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, Tigres Monterey. It's the best game. Toluca travels up to Minnesota, so they got to play the Loons. Uh, and then um, Club America is on the road in Nashville. So that'll, that'll be a pretty interesting game as well. Didn't something uh, get postponed tonight? Yeah, Philly and uh, Red Bulls got postponed. A lot of rain. Yeah, and then uh, late, later tonight, by the time you're listening to this, you'll already know the result. But whoop de doo Charlotte-Houston. So, yeah. Who cares? There's always there's those weird games now. It's like, look at these massive matchups, and Charlotte's going to go play Houston, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> But T-Grace Monterey, I'm going to watch that. That's that's going to be great. At the uh, nine? It's at nine. Uh, the lead-in game to that, also on FS1, is Toluca-Minnesota. Uh, so you could watch Toluca, Minnesota, and then you could watch Tigres, Monterey. I don't know, so, man. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> um, but, you know, that'll get to uh, the quarterfinals and then the semifinals on uh, August 15th. Um, and the top three finishers from this tournament do earn spots in the Champions. Well, I was going to say Champions League. I think it's called the Champions Cup now. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's there's important things on the line here. But hey, I just I hope Sporting takes this time to step away from soccer, get a little R and R action. Yeah, uh, come back and focus up because there are playoffs at stake. We aren't guaranteed shit. Yeah, uh, we could go lower as other people start to play their games in hand. Yeah, so it's interesting. Well, let me ask you this. Um, hypothetically, do you think the Toluca game turns out any different if Alan Polito was available? There's no way, right? I mean, it w- we, he would have had to score three more goals. I don't think he changes the way we dealt with them on defense. It's tough because first 30 minutes, like I said, I 28 minutes, 25 minutes, I thought it was actually okay. Like we were kind of going toe-to-toe with them. And so... If you have somebody like Polito, who's a proven goal scorer out there, and he can snag one early on, yeah. that changes the complexion of the entire game. You're right. We needed an early goal. We needed one. And then Rosero was like, here, give me a cross. I'll show you how to score. And and this team we've seen multiple times this year, they're not built for comebacks. Yeah. If, if they get down a goal or two, that's that's probably that. They don't have as far as Coming, dude. Yeah. They just kept coming. So that's what I just kind of keep thinking about is like, I, again, I don't think it fixes the defense. I think we still probably give up two or three goals, but I think there's a, a greater chance that we at least can maybe make a run to to take it to penalties, and then who knows what happens. Sure. So if nothing else, I'm just sad that we went out of the league cup when we did because three weeks off is a long break, and it would have been nice to continue to have more game action to get – Willie Agata up to speed or Caden Pierre up to speed or, or whatnot. Um, I wouldn't be see. Yeah. But then to go, you know, then the deeper you go, then you really don't want to lose out. You know, you really want to just keep going. I mean, if somehow we could have just made it to one of those top three spots, that would have been cool just to be like, well, the season sucked, but we earned a champions cup spot. So that's kind of cool. I do wonder if we see any of these, uh, younger guys slotting in for SKC too. uh, like maybe if, if Peter tells Benny to get uh, get Caden some minutes there towards the I'm end sure. of the match or something, or even that, that, if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's uh, Benny Philhaber, uh coach of the month, two two months running back to back. They're doing things, man. They're fun. Yeah, it's. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Caden definitely get more more minutes with with SKC too, maybe even Willie just as some like rehab minutes. Um, I don't know if anything's going to happen, but you know there was mentioned to me the possibility of. What if Sporting schedules a friendly with one of the other MLS teams who's been knocked out of the tournament? Uh, it probably wouldn't be a, a public friendly. It'd probably be more like a training friendly. But but if but you they could, could though, they'd sell tickets and people would come. Probably, but just to you know find a team who who's been knocked out um, that's relatively close to you geographically. I don't know the Chicago Fire and and women's see- national team. <laughs> Jeez, bring them on over. <laughs> Um, sorry, just, I'm just, I'm real bitter. I'm bitter about waking up at four in the freaking morning and didn't yeah. na- didn't get a nap the rest of the day. I had improv workshop later that night. I was just <laughs> I was I was running on laughter fumes. I was I was grumpy. No, I get it. The game sucked. Yeah, and watching just the wheels fall off and Megan Rapinoe, one of the all time greats, just have her career end that way, just really sucked. Really sad. Yeah. Um, but Chicago or or Dallas or. Somebody Someone say this. Is this a rumor or you heard like some sources? No, I talked to some people and, and there's nothing for sure. 
but they but people within the club threw out the idea of this is a possible thing. So there's chatter. Interesting. Because SKC two, they were like, well, they could do a, a, a you know a friendly against SKC two, but then so the the people are talking. To, one of them was like, well, SKC two is pretty busy over the next few weeks. Like it's not yeah, like they're they have playing downtime. So what other MLS team is not going to want to do that? Like they got time off too, and they'd like to keep their players in a routine. The question would just be the travel part of it. Like, is one of the two teams going to be willing to travel somewhere? Um, but if they could, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, two weekends from now, there is a friendly scrimmage or something that just keeps both teams more in game ready shape. Well, it is weird. We're not going to have any sporting to talk about, really. Uh, we'll obviously cover the news or anything that happens these coming weeks, but yeah. this might be a, a Lionel Messi and League's Cup podcast, my friend. Maybe we'll try to get some interviews or something going on over the next couple of weeks, but um, yeah, this is you know a break until we play the San Jose Earthquakes on August 26th, so That's right. we'll see what happens. Um, but I guess we do get to take away the bright spots, like you said, from this game over the next few weeks. Willie Gata and Caden Pierre, two bright spots. John Polskamp, dude. And John Polskamp. I don't know if he stays in goal. I don't know if Tim comes back because Tim was available. Uh, it's just weird. Everyone that's been hurt is just all of a sudden secretly available. Somebody, Well, yeah, I mean, Peter had said he hoped that people would be available by League's Cup. The one that's still not is Graham Zusi. Um, yeah, it's too bad. They're really slow playing the hamstring injury with him, which I get because... You don't want to mess with it and and make it even worse. And if sure. you re-injure it in a worse way, that could be his career. You don't want to do that. As you get older, it is more difficult to heal things. Um, he's he's probably he could be fine and ready to go, but they're like you're not fine. You know, someone with better expertise than him is gonna has his fate in their hands, right? Well, and I also wouldn't be surprised if behind closed doors they were like, "We'll get you back after League's Cup." We don't need you in League's Cup. We'll buy you another month of recovery and training because we'll take a, a month off from the season, and then we'll, we'll target August 26th. Good point, man. Wouldn't it be nice to just come run rampant through the rest of our games and, you know, squeeze into a higher playoff ranking or something? That'd be wild. I mean, nothing's impossible. Mathematically, they can make it. It's just, you know, they're going to have to win six or seven of their last nine games probably. Let's, let's not hold our breath on anything, but there there is a chance. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing that, you know, and we don't have to necessarily answer this tonight because this is maybe a, a larger question is, I don't think either of us are sold on the center back pairing or the back line as it is. Uh, what do you do about the defense going forward? I guess you can't really do much for the rest of this season because it is what it is, but I don't know how much flexibility you have going forward much either because Fontas is signed through 2024. Danny Rosero is signed through 2025 with an option for 2026. Uh, the only two that, you know, aren't signed to longer-term deals are Castellanos and Rindov, who both have options after this year. I, I don't imagine that we're going to see Castellanos is picked up because he only got signed after the Courtney Ford injury. But right. they're kind of locked into their two center backs for now, for at least another season or two. So they need to get their shit together, man. <laughs> they got to get it together. Sometimes, sometimes they look so good. Fontas and Rosero, yeah. and you're like, these are, dude, they're clicking. This is good. And then it's just like a huge leap back the next game. Now, Toluca had quality, man. They had speed. Let's let's not put anything past them. They did what needed to be done. Yeah. But we didn't make it easy on ourselves. 
No, and we've seen them do that in MLS before. So, yeah, they got to figure it out, or we'll have a couple of very expensive, high-paid backup center backs because I know this kind of stuff. Maybe we'll maybe we'll just get Kylian Mbappe and won't have to worry about nothing. It's funny you mention that because I actually have a. Uh, we didn't even talk about this, but that was an expert professional transition. The last thing I wanted to talk about was this wild story that's coming out of, of England. Is it the Times that's that's saying this in England? Um, Daily Record. Some guy named Duncan Castles, which if I were going to make up a fake British name, it would be Duncan Castles because <laughs> that doesn't sound like a real person. It doesn't sound real. <laughs> but Duncan Castles is out there reporting uh, that MLS is working to put together a package to try to draw... None other than the best player in the entire world at this moment. Well, maybe Lionel Messi, but if not Messi, then it's Kylian Mbappe. And Kylian Mbappe is what, 23, 24? Not even in his Very prime. young. I Dude, he would torch this place. Now, apparently also, apparently we're also uh, trying to get Alan Polito back. And For we offered double the him, salary. Someone said we offered him double the salary. And I'm just like, Okay, whoo, we're throwing it out there, huh? I mean, the only justification I would say to that is if you do not have another designated player striker lined up ready to go, and you can look at when Alan Polito is healthy, he is by far the best striker that Sporting Kansas City has had. Once you get to designated player territory, it doesn't really matter if you're you're paying the designated player a dollar over the max threshold or a billion dollars over the max threshold. It all counts the same. It's just what the owner's willing to pay. So the only thing you could say is, well, but if they're paying Allen another $2 million, would that keep them from putting a transfer fee together for another player or whatnot? Quite honestly, if they think they could get Allen at anywhere close to this level for another two to three years, I would say it's worth it to double his salary because it's going to be less expensive than trying to go find and put together a transfer package for another player that you don't know for sure can translate to this league. It's interesting, though, because if he really wants to go home, and Chivas is like, yeah, we'll match that. Then it's like, eh. At least then you shot your best shot. Right. And then it's like, come on, Mbappe, let's get this going. <laughs> well, it's funny because he, he, this Duncan Castles, again, can't be a real name, Mr. Castles. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he he pulled this quote from Don Garber that said, Mbappe wants to come to the league and a team in MLS wants to do something unique. MLS is ambitious and innovative and who knows what kind of structure we'll come up with. So if you just take that quote as it is, that sure makes it sounds like Mbappe wants to come here and we want him, so we'll do it. See, it's not what the quote was. If we should have the, screen names as well. We should definitely be changing our names to uh, Mr. Castles, Jimmy Raspberries. If you <laughs> if you look at the full quote that Don Garber was actually saying and what Mr. Castles pulled, I was talking about Castles that. Mr. Castles pulled part of a hypothetical. This was the full quote. Don Garber says, There was only one David Beckham. There's only one Lionel Messi. But who knows, you know? Maybe Mbappe wants to come into the league and a team in our MLS wants to do something unique? Question mark. MLS is ambitious and innovative and who knows what kind of structure we'll come up with. So he's just like being like... He's just a salesman. He's just saying all sorts of stuff. Yeah. This is not uh, Mbappe's on the brink of joining MLS. This is Don Garber being like, well, yes, I too would like to date the most beautiful supermodel in the world. (laughs) And sources say I have interest. 
just throwing names out there. Who's to say? Who's right. to say someone like Sporting Kansas City wouldn't sign Mbappe? What? Sporting Kansas City's going to sign Mbappe? That's basically what this turned into. Yeah. So it'd be great, but, you know, if Saudi Arabia was just over there offering Kylian Mbappe $750 million for one year, I don't, I don't think whatever MLS could come up with would entice them quite that much. Listen, when you have NBA players going online being like, am I in the right sport? That is crazy. Giannis being like, hey, I kind of look like him. Like, I'll take the money. But even LeBron was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah. Which, by the way, Giannis looks nothing like Kylian Mbappe. But it it was... uh, That's not for a white person to say what they look like at all. I'd... I'm just saying that I don't. They, they look like two vastly different people. If he says he looks like him, he looks like him. Who am I to say? But uh, I we all we all look the freaking same. Every white pink man <laughs> look at all this pink flesh looking like each other. Uh, you cut your hair. You could you could be a you could be a Ken in the Barbie movie. Listen, if I cut my hair, it's just it's too sexy, dude. It's too much. I got to keep it long. <laughs> it, you know. Uh, well, I hope you are looking forward to the next three weeks of this podcast because it's going to be more of that with no sporting KC games to talk about. Well, yeah, what, uh, what are we going to do here? We, we got to put something together like, uh, some, like, you know, what people used to do when pandemic was going on. They had like Zoom trivia games and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out something. <laughs> we'll, we'll get somebody on or something. We'll, we'll figure it out. We've come a long way since Zoom, buddy. Look at our look at our get up here. We got logos and shit. I know. It's wild. It's wonderful. I've moved into an entirely different house. Yeah. You've moved states twice. Oh, that's true. Sure. I guess you've moved states once, but you've moved to two different cities since we started. Oh, so. true. Olathe is very close to Missouri, though, so. Uh, yeah, nice comparatively speaking. Yeah. So. You didn't like SummerSlam. What the F? I, well, I haven't watched it yet. No, true. You're just I literally it. turned it on. Your friends, bro. I turned it on. I had the first match about to start, and then somebody was like, "Yeah, it wasn't great." And I was like, oh, "Okay, I still got to catch up on Rebels." So then I switched back over to Rebels. Okay, when you get get some specifics for me, because I want to know what the specifics were. Because I I had fun. Okay, I'll let you know. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. It's a bummer about the Toluca game, but we'll still be here over the break. There's you know there'll be things to talk about, and so we'll we'll try to do our best to cover all the news from Leagues Cup or Messi League Soccer or whatever. Uh, if more reports, breaking news from Mr. Castles come out about the future of Killian Mbappe to MLS, then then we'll make sure we uh, we cover all that. But in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Uh, shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Check out KCSN Soccer on YouTube or the KCSN app. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you later. See ya. You ready for this? Acknowledge. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.